the angels, or the angel, sent by God, proclaimed to the shepherds, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. It's Christmas. I'm so excited for Christmas. I love Christmas. Any of you guys excited? Any of you guys like Christmas people? You're excited for Christmas. Kids, any of you guys excited for Christmas? Yes? It, okay, tell the truth. I know you're at church. I know we're Jesus. Anybody excited about presents? Yes? Yeah, a few adults, all the kids. I get it. Uh, when you're a kid, the presents are cheaper than when you're an adult. That's, that's part of that. Um, but yeah, there's so much to be excited about when we celebrate Christmas. We've got presents, we've got all kinds of traditions, and my favorite, food. Yes, I'm a foodie. I I mean, my mom used to tell me, kids, when I was little, she would say, Daniel, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. I have fixed that problem, and I am ready for Christmas. I'm a foodie. I love food. I love it. It's just great. It's one of my favorite things about Christmas. And whatever that is for you, if you're here and you know Jesus, you know that the measure of joy that comes in those traditions, in that food, in those presents, well, there is a greater joy to which we are called. Paul said to the Galatians that joy is a gift of the Spirit. It's the second one listed right after love in Galatians chapter 5. He writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 7, and he says, In all of our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. James writes and says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And Peter, who we just studied this past year, Peter writes and says, Though you have not seen Jesus, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy. Joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith. The salvation of your souls, he writes. That joy. Well, I mean, if I'm, I just keep it real. That is deeper than the pound cake I'm excited to get back home to. That is a significant, a great joy. And see, when the Bible calls us to rejoice, it is more than just a passive, happy reaction. It is calling us to align with the truth of the gospel. It's not just an emotional outcome. Listen, it is an inseparable alignment with the convictional source of our emotion. Let me say it like this. I'll just keep the food theme going. Emotions are a lot like our appetites. Man, they must be aimed by wisdom and truth. If we simply follow our appetites, we will quickly become unhealthy. It's the same for our emotions. So the Bible teaches us that our feelings are to be aimed, set, held by truth. 
So when the Bible calls us to feel something, in this case, joy, it is calling us to address the convictional source of our emotion. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. It's not a fleshly reaction. This isn't shallow joy. This is a great joy, a convictional, gospel-centered joy to fuel and anchor your full emotion. Christmas uniquely displays the limitations of our shallow joy and the hope that is only found in Jesus, our great joy. Say, what what do you mean? All right. Consider for a minute the way the young and the old approach our Christmas traditions. To the young, they are filled with wonder and excitement over presents and lights and sweets and new traditions, and they don't even have school for weeks. It's incredible. There's hope. There's hope. There's new stuff. There's deepening connections and pleasing experiences. It's all very present and in front of them. But as we get older, the presence, the lights, the traditions, they begin to lose their charm. Your job doesn't stop for just two weeks. I mean, the sweets still taste good, right? But let's be real, you're on a diet, you're watching your blood sugar, even that's held in check. Christmas doesn't bring the same shallow joys it once did. And even our relationships and our connections that are so precious to us in this season live long enough and many of those will be lost. We will find that shallow joy is not so easy without those who we've lost along the way. Our celebrations, our traditions and experiences are different without them. And even the experiences themselves will escape us. Your house used to be the Christmas epicenter. You used to carve the ham. Live long enough, you will sit off to the side and someone will bring you a plate that you cannot balance in your own strength. Do you have a vulnerable, a real picture yet? Now, I know already, some of you are thinking, way to go, Daniel, way to be a real bummer on Christmas. I know that's what you're thinking. But listen, I'm not. I'm just setting for you the real context. Because it is from the depths of your darkness that you have been set apart to rejoice. From the depths of your darkness, from all your loss, from all your limitation, you have been set apart in Christ Jesus to rejoice. Don't make the mistake 
To just dismiss the call for some shallow joy. Church, behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Luke chapter 2. We'll pick up in verse 8. Luke's been talking and describing the birth of Jesus to a virgin girl in Bethlehem. And in verse 8, In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those whom he is pleased. Our big truth this Christmas, Jesus' followers rejoice in the King. We rejoice in Jesus. He is our source of joy. He is our hope. He is our life. Our very salvation proclaims in faith that I am dead to self and alive in Him. We rejoice in Jesus. And I want to break that down for you tonight in three implications. Three big ideas as we call them here at Tri-Cities Baptist Church. First, we rejoice in the King's grace. These shepherds, they weren't anything special. They're common if not outcasts. They weren't rulers or kings or important people. They're just shepherds. Common, if not outcasts. And you get the context in full in verse 10. This good news of great joy is for all the people. The advent of Jesus, the coming of the King, was for all the people, even the shepherds. Listen, even you, even me. Christmas is personal. Notice the angel proclaims, fear not, listen, as a messenger of the Lord, I bring you. Listen, God loves you. He sent His only begotten Son for you. Remember His advent, His first coming. Remember, He lowered Himself to flesh. He experienced human limitation. He was shamed and rejected. He took our sin and He died. In our place. 
Remember that He did it all because of His great love for us. Because He loved you. While you and I sinned against Him, He loved us. And so if you're here and you're struggling this Christmas and all the letdown of the shallow joys are just stacking up against you and your sense of purpose, your sense of belonging and hope is weary, take hold of God's grace and rejoice. You didn't find Him. He found you. You were lost in darkness. And He sent His angel to proclaim, Fear not, I bring you good news. God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Rejoice in the great gift, the great grace of the Gospel. He came to you. You didn't find Him. He found you. What a gift. And so we rejoice in the King's grace. Second, we rejoice that the King is the Savior. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christmas is the birth of a King worthy of our worship. And Christmas is the birth of our Savior worthy of of our life. No other name, no one else can save us, only Jesus. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to hold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Jesus is the King. Jesus is our Savior. Church, this Christmas, rejoice. The King is is our Savior, the King of kings, the Creator over all of creation, the One who is sovereign, is your Savior. You say, yeah, but I don't know that I really feel, I don't really experience the fullness of salvation in my life. If I'm honest, my life is filled with a lot of hurt, a lot of brokenness, a lot of loss, a lot of death. I don't, I don't know that I really feel a lot of victory. 
Each year, the shallow joys around me just, they seem to lose more and more of their charm. Our final big idea of the night as the team comes up. Jesus followers, remember to anticipate. We remember to anticipate. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. You heard it read to you before. I want to make sure you understand something. In the New Testament, one of the things that would happen is the early Christians were slandered by those who didn't believe. And they would say back to them, hey, if Jesus was God and you're saved, why does your life still end in death? You die just like everyone else. You hurt just like everyone else. Why? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many. That's the first advent. That's his first coming. That's Christmas. To bear our sins. He will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly wait for him. It's the second advent. That is his second coming. Church, remember to anticipate this Christmas. Yes, we celebrate the first coming of Jesus. We look back and we celebrate his birth. But we do so with the anticipation of our salvation that is coming in his second return. Today, we do not experience the fulfillment of our salvation. However, we rejoice in anticipation. The work is finished. The promise is secure. The time is coming. Rejoice with conviction and faith. How should we respond to such a thing? Billy Graham once said, we are to wait for the coming of Christ with patience. We are to watch with anticipation. We are to work with zeal. We are to prepare with urgency. Scripture says Christ is coming when you're least expecting him. Coming as a thief. He said, be prepared. Get ready. Prepare to meet thy God. Are you prepared? And that is the question, isn't it? Are you prepared? If not, this Christmas your joys are shallow. But I have good news. There is more. There is hope. There is life. There is joy, great, absolute joy in Christ Jesus. God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son 
to take his sin or take your sin upon himself. That through faith, not work, through faith in him, his life might be yours. That his joy might be yours. In just a moment, the church, those who have been redeemed, those who have saving faith in Jesus, who find their joy in him, we are going to stand and we're going to sing and we're going to praise him. And as we do, I want to encourage you to do something. Right out these doors to the left is an area called the hub. There are people out there who want to talk to you. They want to point you to Jesus. They want to share with you the good news of great joy that is in him. That through faith in him, you might have life. And as we sing in just a moment, just quietly step out of your seat, go back there and talk to one of those people. And receive the gift of grace this Christmas that is Jesus. If you're here and you are eagerly waiting the return of the King, your Savior, this Christmas, we rejoice. We remember to anticipate. Listen to what Jesus said in Revelation 22. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires Take the water of life without price. Surely I am coming soon. To which John concludes, Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So let all of creation rejoice and wait with joy. Jesus is coming soon. Would you stand? Would you sing? And those that are in Christ Jesus, would you rejoice?